Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, welcome to your Wednesday. We are in the book of Luke still. Uh, just It's just loaded with a lot of really good stuff. And you'll notice that because what, there's like 60 verses yeah, in de- some of these, de- yeah, 80 de- 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 in some Depending of on what chapter you're in. To, like today's <laughs> has got 49, 50. I know. 49. So just lots to chew on, lots to break down. So we're kind of going to walk through the chapter slowly, see um, some of the verses that stu- stood out to us. Um, and then hopefully you can, they might resonate. We'll see what the spirit does along mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll kind of work our way through the whole chapter. And you want to start off just by reading the first five verses? I do. I do. I you read my mind. This is okay. I'm good at that. Actually, before we get there, we got a new fun thing, you guys. It's this little box of cards that we're gonna put by the table. And I'm sorry, I just totally went left field on you because one of them was really fun. I'm excited to talk to our kids about it. They're literally just like conversation cards. I think it's called Table Talk is the name of the box. Mm. If you have teenagers, I think they're like it's for anybody. Our kids are younger, obviously, but one of them is what is your favorite thing to do at home? after you've been gone. So you've been gone, you went on a trip, now you're home. I just think about that with like a lot of people are going to be traveling with the holiday stuff kind of coming up. What is the thing that when you get home from a Mm. trip that you just can't wait to be home for? What comes to your brain? Uh, Showering in my shower and sleeping in my bed. Showering in the shower? In my shower and sleeping in my bed. Interesting. I would not, I did not know that. More so the bed. Okay. We have an awesome bed. I love our bed. That's so funny. Anyway, so there's this tons of stuff. I, you know, the first thing that came to my head was also just like the, like that moment. Because here's me when we get home, I feel like I'm usually coming in with like a kid on one arm, another kid on my hip, three bags on my back, a water bottle in my fingers, my phone in my head. (laughs) No, usually, yeah, one of the kids is running around with that, and and Clark (laughs) has to wrangle him in. So I think just that moment where you walk in and just literally drop all your stuff. And it's like, yeah, oh, we're home. Like, I'm home. We've had some brutal trips too. It's been like so refreshing <laughs> getting back. Like, thank God we're home we're is home. good. Yeah, yeah. Trips are good. But anyway, that, that's a fun thing. Check it out. Um, for maybe it's a good fit for you guys around the table too, after your Bible time and stuff. Okay. Back on track. Lord of the Sabbath. Lord, first, Lord of five the, first five verses. One Sabbath. Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain, rub them in their hands and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawfully only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. Hmm. People so of God, Sab- this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Sabbath, this goes all the way back to the creation account. Um, in hmm. the Bible, Sabbath is referred to as one 24-hour period within the week where we are to cease working and we are to simply rest and enjoy God and enjoy creation. And so in terms of enjoying your favorite food, your favorite hobbies, your favorite people, taking um, a nap, reading your favorite book, the list could go on and on. But Sabbath is supposed to be like a really liberating, refreshing, and healing thing because life's a marathon. 
And one of the things we we're just talking about the other day is how can we continue to cultivate this in our family, teach our kids what Sabbath is, so that we can stay on the course with this marathon called life. Yeah, I think like one of the biggest takeaways for me as we've been studying this, and you guys know this because we've talked about this so many times already on the podcast, this word Sabbath and just like adopting a rhythm and a lifestyle of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things has been enjoying God, number one. So worshiping, like Clark said, setting things apart on Sabbath, but also enjoying creation with God. Yeah. And so that actually does look different. Like sometimes it, you might think like, oh, well, you know, you can go to the ocean and you can just be there and have fun. And that's totally true. And you can be there and have fun and you can enjoy God. Yeah. And there is a difference. And it's all about kind of the heart posture that you enter in with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been struck by that. Somebody gave the example of like, um, you know, after you do like a really hard um, labor on your backyard and you just love the backyard and it's it, your backyard is a creation. It's like, wow, look, we've labored. It's so wonderful. We've have this garden or flower pots or, you know, whatever it is. And then you sit down and it's like evening time and you're around your, the fire in the backyard and you have iced tea and it's a, whatever it is. Yeah. Just like actually taking time to sit and be in the thing you enjoy with the person you enjoy. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that's yeah. kind of a picture. <laughs> yeah, totally. And But what's happened here in the context of the scripture is the Pharisees right. and Sadducees, the religious leaders have hijacked this gift mm-hmm. and made it all about these rules where you have to follow the rules to keep the rules. And so what Jesus is telling them here yeah. is that he is Lord of the Sabbath, that mm-hmm. Jesus has the divine authority to not only interpret the Old Testament law, but to live it out and fulfill it mm-hmm. in who he was. And so the Pharisees, they had Talmudim. Do you say Talmudim? Talmudim. Talmudim. Those are students. And their students followed them and not only mm-hmm. listened to them, they literally walked behind them, followed them step mm-hmm. by step and mimicked them and modeled them and did everything they did. Jesus now has a following. He has his own students in Talmudim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so now there's a little bit of a rivalry and the thought of, hey, you're not following the rules, you're not going to be saved. You mm-hmm. are distracting us and our students. And so it's getting tense. But what Jesus says in verse nine, a few verse later is mm-hmm. really key because he says to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath mm-hmm. to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? Mm-hmm. Obviously we know it's a good thing. It's right. meant to save life. It's meant to bring healing and rest and just life to you. But the the laws that were stacked on top of the laws made it so rigid and burdensome, it wasn't life-giving at all. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is calling them out and saying, hey, we're going to do this differently now. Mm -hmm. And so we want to encourage you, uh, rebel. Rebel against the speed and hurry of our American culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're a young family, rebel against the temptation to put your kid in everything everybody else's kids are doing simply because they're doing it. There's that FOMO, that fear of missing out. Follow the Lord and Mm -hmm. pick a time in the week that you say, we're going to say no to everything else and we're going to rest. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a family day. Um, If you're single, if you're, depending on how old you are, like what what are your favorite hobbies? Who are your favorite people? Who can you connect with? You have some some freedom that Mm -hmm. you can really explore and use for God's glory and uh, for your own good. Yeah. And Jesus wants that for us to be an act of worship. Mm -hmm. Kind of keep going. That's okay. Let's and there's the next pericope there talks about the 12 apostles. Mm-hmm. Jesus identifies out of this large group of people following him, the 12 men that were going to be his like disciples, his closest knit. Mm-hmm. Within the 12, he's going to have three that he really pours into at another level. 
And so one of the things I was just laughing is you see <laughs> Judas, son of James, um, yeah, in that list. Verse 16. Well, if you read Matthew and Mark, he's also not named Thaddeus. And so when you're trying to mm-hmm. name the 12 apostles, uh, don't get confused on that one. But um, <laughs> continuing on, let's jump. This is, this is a lot. We get to the blessings and the woes yeah. and kind of the prayer. Um, I appreciate what Jesus does here. And, and oh, I'm actually, I'm, where's one thing I wanted to mention? Before Jesus, before Jesus identifies all of his apostles, which is a very large decision, mm-hmm. he spends the night in prayer. Oh, yeah. That's verse 12? Yeah, verse 12. Okay. Went on a mountainside to pray. He spent the night praying to God. And so one thing that we could take away is if we're coming to a place where we are seeking a, to make a big decision, um, we're really wrestling mm-hmm. with something, seeking time to fast and pray, stay up through the night, withhold food if you're um, able to for health reasons. And just really seek the Lord. And you see Jesus mm. do this often. And so anyways, that's a a little noticing there. But anyways, we'll jump ahead to the blessings now. Blessings and woes. Okay. That didn't really... You go ahead. That blessings and woes kind of... What do you want to say about the blessings and woes there? Well, I, I think at the beginning there, verses 17 through 19, you just okay. get a clear picture of what Jesus came to do. Like okay. his ministry. He came to teach. He came to heal. He came to deliver evil. People mm-hmm. from evil. It's that simple. No matter mm. where he's at and what he's doing, he's teaching, he's healing, and he's kicking out evil. Mm-hmm. And we're called to do the same today. Yeah. And so I thought that was really helpful. In verse 19, just those desire for the touch of Jesus and the healing touch. Verse 19 says, and the people all tried to touch him mm-hmm. because power was coming from him and healing them all. It's like, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, the tension's rising now between the, the Talmudim of the, the Pharisees and the Talmudim of Jesus. And there's tension. So he starts now talking about blessings and woes. And this is what it means to follow Jesus and, and thrive in this kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, is, it's like upside down again. Yeah. Like you, you've you read that in the other gospels where like following Jesus and kind of understand, listening to what he's saying and understanding like, wait, what a second. Blessed, we're poor and we're blessed and we're hungry and we're blessed. And kind of just like the inverse like reality of the kingdom of God, that it's not just like elite people. It's not just wealthy. It's not just about your status. Um, it, it can be, but really I'm coming, I'm ushering in a new kingdom. That's to say like, I'm with you regardless. And that's the true blessing. And so kind of, um, kind of just sitting in that too, because you were mentioning how like, what is this? How each of these things is like, you know, it's not a good thing. It, it's like something's been taken away from you. Yeah, yeah. And and Jesus is saying, well, that's not the the worst thing because the best thing is that I'm with you in the midst of that. Yeah. And how really, like, sometimes if we're honest, like life here right now happens and things get taken from us and we have these barriers that might actually be like really difficult and sad. But when we look through a supernatural lens, when we look through, um our circumstance toward what's going on in this inverse kingdom of God, we understand that, wow, this was actually maybe a barrier between Mm -hmm. me and the Lord. And now I'm blessed in it because I can be near, nearer to him or maybe you flip that. Maybe I like this wording better because he's with me always. And I'm more aware of that presence because there's not this barrier. I think when we're yeah hurting or lost or seeking some form of help. We yeah. often have a greater, greater spiritual clarity. Mm-hmm. When life is easy and comfortable, it's actually really hard to keep that clarity and that focus mm. because um, life's cush. It's why good. Do we it's need easy. To? Like, why, why do I yeah. need help right now when mm. my life is awesome? And so mm. if you're there, celebrate that season, but 
keep worshiping Lord. If you're on a holiday season, don't take a holiday from God. Like keep following him. And then when those tough times do come and maybe some material things are taken and we're poor, he says, you're blessed. Right. Uh, if, if you have no means to get the food that you want to get, and he says, you're blessed because you're hungry. And those who are weeping and sad, you're blessed. And when people get mad at you and relationships are, are hard or hurtful, you're blessed because your clarity, your focus, your vision is going to be on Christ, on what he, at least if you're suffering well. That's what it's meant to be because he promises us that life is going to be hard. And so we can just suffer and cope and get through with worldly means, or we can suffer well and go through the ups and downs of life with God, being focused on him. Hmm. And so I think that's why part of the reason why we can be considered blessed in that, because the greatest gift is him and his presence, and he promises to be with us no matter the rain or the sun. So. Mm which has kind of been the theme of this year, yeah. you guys, and our manual symbol. One little Blessing. tidbit, though, before we move on. We're, we're not going to make it through the whole chapter here. We're, we're already, we got a lot left. But anyway, one tidbit was someone much older and wiser than Clark and I um, shared that in times where things are going okay, where life is okay, one of the ways that you cling to the Lord and stay um, positioned with a heart of humility and um just service unto the Lord is by praise. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And so I think yeah. that's one too, that that's like, Hey, you know, stay humble and celebrate and, you know, invite the Lord into that. But, but also like, let's move to the act of praise because mm-hmm. that's actually, um, like it's a good thing. Like let's, let's be happy, you know, for sometimes where we're at. And so let's, um, you know, just remember that though, in the mountaintop, like people, there's a phrase that talks about how, the best fruit, fruit is grown in the valley. Mm-hmm. And so the best fruit comes from the valley. This is interesting. So let's remember on the mountaintop to just include praise where we're at. And that'll keep the Lord in yeah. mind too. Yeah, when life Sorry. is going well. Um, okay. The next section is loving enemies. Is that where you wanted to go? Let's do it. Loving enemies. Um, this is a really fun scripture to read and a really hard one to live out. Like, how do yeah. you do this? Verse 27 But to you who are listening, Mm -hmm. I say, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Like that's, that sounds great, Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. And then when it happens and you've been hurt, you've been stung. I mean, for me at least, naturally you're preoccupied with these people. You start telling stories in your head about, you know, kind of villainizing them and what were they thinking? Why would they do that? And, oh, how can I get them back? Or I want to get them back, but I shouldn't get them back. And he's saying, I got a higher way. I have a yeah. better way of living. I want to invite you to. And so mm-hmm. verse 32 and 35, he kind of presses in even deeper. He says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners can do that. And then verse 35, <laughs> he says, love your enemies and do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Yeah. Then your reward is going to be great. And so mm-hmm. Jesus is saying, if we're holding things open-handed and we're able to to walk with people, be kind to people and still be honest, right? We're not, we're not saying be a rug and get trampled on right mm-hmm. now, but when you're going through life and just trying to seek peace, be honest, seek reconciliation as best as you can. There are other scriptures that kind of point back to that, but hmm. um, it's a tough one to live out, but an important one. Oh yeah, an important one. What really sticks out to me is that if you go back to the word Talmudine, which is what we talked about, is that's what Clark said is the word, you know, for disciples or students that were under a rabbi, because people weren't called Christians. And so today I do feel like there's another call to like reclaim that like identity as a disciple and as a Talmudine, like this teaching right now is so difficult, like Clark said, and so counter 
everything in our flesh that like if we're walking at a superficial level for sure like this is in one ear out the other ear and so that's why I would encourage you to walk in the way of Christianity to label yourself as a Christian but really to grasp onto the deeper label if you will as of Talmudin because that's what Jesus is saying like those who follow me he's going to say this later on um, they hear and they do and so that's difficult. And, you know, we can, we can, we can ponder all these things philosophically and we can keep them at arm's length. But if we're actually going to encounter, you know, Holy Spirit in us and, and the reconciliation that we are able to have in Christ, like that's difficult. That's being a Talmudin. That's being a disciple. That's actually, okay, Lord, like you're with us and we're going to do it. And I just think there, there's a distinction there. I do, I do feel that. Mm -hmm. And so, the calling of Jesus' people is to follow him on the way of the gospel. And as you follow, you are a Talmudine. You are a disciple. We're not just fluffy, you know, Christian people. No. Like, we're not going to use the nice language that, you know, love your enemies and pray. No, we're, we're going to actually hear and accept those things and do them by the power of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So there's a distinction in this whole chapter with Jesus and his followers saying they are going to be different. Yeah, They're going to understand Sabbath. They're going to realize there's an inverse kingdom with mm-hmm. blessings and what, and they're going to step into these really difficult things like like loving your enemies, and and it's going to be really hard. And sometimes you're going to yeah what well yeah because even the next couple of sections exactly it, you know, confirms what you said and we'll wrap up here. But <clears throat> the next section he talks about judging people, and I think for non Christians who are even a little bit familiar with the Bible, uh, verse thirty seven might be one that's referred to often. Like, hey, we're not judgmental. Don't judge, and you'll not be judged. Right. Don't condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. As if there is some kind of universal tolerance and acceptance of all things, because we're called to not be quote unquote judgmental or condemning. Mm-hmm. But when you read this verse in the context of the chapter and the chapter of the book and the book within the Bible, there are many other passages that ta- that call us to be discerning that call us to be critical mm-hmm. of our own sin and the sin of other Christians, especially. And when there's heinous evil in the world, you identify it and you fight for, for godly justice there. Mm-hmm. But what we're being taught here is if you go to the next section, it's look at the mm-hmm. tree and its fruit. And so before we look at anybody else's problem, when it comes to judging judgmental, God's saying, do the homework on yourself. Right. And if you're doing the homework on yourself and you're trying to grow and you have a repentant heart and you're humble and you're being teachable, you are called as a Christian to then encourage and instruct and discipline other people, especially mm-hmm. other Christians that have the same standard as you. And so look at the tree and its fruit. Are you cultivating that fruit? Are you growing? Right. And the as plank you in your grow, eye, yeah. as that plank in your own eye, then you have the, the freedom to, in a kindly manner, walk with other people and invite them to the way of Jesus when we're missing it. Mm-hmm. And he ends this chapter saying, hey, be like the wise man who builds his house on a rock that's stern, that's stern, that's uh, <laughs> firm and sturdy. <laughs> and uh, and I love that line, verse 46. Mm-hmm. This is what I'll end with. He has that really provocative question. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? And again, here's the difference between the Talmudim of the Pharisees and the Talmudim of Jesus. We listen to him. And we do what he says, like Bobby said. We are hearers and doers, even when it gets really hard. And so it's a challenging chapter, a lot to talk about. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was encouraging to me. I hope it's encouraging to you. You guys, it's Wednesday night. Jump into prayer and worship. It's a crazy season. Come and rest in the presence of God. Come and go as you please. Worship in color, 7 p.m. We'll talk to you Friday. God bless you.
Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.